Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This month is Kaiju Lie. <laughs> this week's double feature includes Mothra from 1961 and Frankenstein Conquers the World. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. How was you guys' day? I mean, it was all right. Did a bunch of yard work and then tried to watch the movies for the night, so not good. No. You should have gone to a brewery all afternoon and then put your kid to bed way too late and been late for the podcast. That's a more fun way to spend your day. I guess. <laughs> or you could have spent all day laying around in agonizing pain. Oh, that's a good option, too. What the fuck did you do? I, I'll be 100% honest. I don't know what I did. <laughs> I, you're, I think you're just in your 40s, that's all. Well... I, I changed a doorknob out on the garage and one of the things was stripped out and I know I was like happening to push on it really, really hard to get the screw to turn. And I think maybe that's when it happened, but I didn't notice anything wrong until pretty late last night. I was sat down at the computer, did a little bit of work and I stood up and I was like, oh, my back kind of hurts. And then by the time I walked across the house, I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck is wrong with my back? <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to describe. And it's like this pinpoint location of pain right between my shoulder blades. Like, it feels like I can feel the exact vertebrae that hurts. Yeah. So it's real. Yeah, just, it, it's I really just being up. old. It's being old is all you're doing. Yeah, and then that that was pretty awful. And then I finally went to bed and got some sleep. And I woke up at four o'clock this morning, just in even worse, more agonizing pain. And that extra fucked me up because of where it's located. It would hurt whenever I would breathe. So mm, I woke up thinking I was having. Breathing. Well, I woke up thinking I was having chest pains and that I was having a heart attack or something and started f- freaking out about that. Started breathing heavy and it got worse? Oh, yeah. It was pretty much everything. Was, the biggest the biggest problem this morning was literally if I laid down, it made it hurt worse. If I stood up, it made it hurt worse. If I sat, it hurt worse. It was, it was like there was no escape from it. This to, uh, imagine yourself trying to explain this to you at 25, being like, oh, no. Oh, my God. Your back hurts. Why? I'm not sure. I think I tried to tighten a screw yesterday. Right. <laughs> and just imagine the look on 25-year-old you's face if you said that to yourself. It's amazing. Yeah, it's just such a great... Be, being I don't, old is terrible. It's, it's unfathomable. 
that I could have hurt myself that bad doing that. But it's the only thing I can think. I mowed the lawn, too. But, I mean, I mow the lawn every week. It's not exactly stressful. Every week? Yeah. I haven't mowed mine in like a month and a half. Yeah, I I think having gross neighbors has actually inspired me to take better care of my lawn because they like let theirs get really disgusting and then I get all pissed off and I mow my grass again because I'm pissed off that their grass looks so bad. Oh. Luckily, global warming is taking care of my lawn for me. So I mow it like once a year and it just solves the problem. It's just like, all right, you mow it once in like May and then it's just turns gray by mid-June and it's done. That sounds pretty great. Yeah, it's... There's like a really green area along the one side of my yard where the neighbors have a nice fence that prevents the sun from killing that grass. But the rest of it just not applicable when it comes to lawn care. What helps having your house burned down? Well, I'm referring to my temporary house because. What's a temporary house? Fuck that plowhouse. I don't need to mow that lawn. The grass at my other lawn desperately needs to be mowed, but I'm assuming the people building the new house will mow the grass before they're done. I don't know. It's a pretty big assumption. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. So how many more years before you make your kid mow mow the yard? I don't know. I imagine I'll finally try to get him to start mowing the yard right around the time when he loses interest in the idea of mowing the yard. It's it's how it works, right? It's a tough balance. I was gonna say when he's when he's tall enough that it's not a direct risk. Yeah. yeah. He has to be strong enough to be able to like hold that little bar down to make that mower keep going and push it through the grass. A friend of mine never mowed a yard till he bought his own house, and he told me it's because when he was younger and tried to mow his his grass at home, he couldn't get the mower to turn correctly, so literally bent down and picked the mower up, like reached, grabbed the edge of the mower and picked it up and turned it. His mom saw him do it and freaked the fuck out correctly. Why would you do that? Well, it's Randy, if that makes any sense. I just... What? <laughs> All right. So full disclosure. Not a very smart person. <laughs> One time, my uh, my old lawnmower used to always... This is partly my fault for mowing the lawn not as often as you're supposed to, but it would always get full, and I used to have to reach down and kind of like pull the grass out of that little chute that the, the mowed grass shoots out of. And one time it was like pretty clogged up, and I definitely stuck my finger in there and to pull the grass out and got clipped a little bit by the spinning blades of a lawnmower, and it it really hurts. But how how was the lawnmower still running? Because they're, speci- they're specifically designed. I, I'm tall enough that I can hold onto the thing and kneel down and pull it out. Though that's the thing. But once again, why? Why would you make that decision? Why would you go out of stupid, your way stupid to, do to do it the more dangerous way? Because he was young stupid, enough to think, to, to think, uh, I'm, I'm going to live forever. And none of this stuff's ever going to happen to me. So I don't need to. Well, the the worst part is that it, it's when I was uh, 
it's when I was like pseudo married, right? When this happened. So that meant not only did that happen uh, and it hurt like a motherfucker, but then I had to pretend it didn't happen because I can't, I can't go inside and explain to my ex that that's why my finger's in pain. So I just had to hide my like swollen finger from her for like two weeks until it. If, if I ever told well. the, if I ever told the story on here where I saw somebody get two fingers pulped. No. Oh yeah. So in restaurants, especially like big restaurants, so we're talking like um, hotel catering and stuff, there's a machine that's called a buffalo chopper. And essentially what it is, imagine a big donut shaped trough and the back half is like an enclosed pipe and the front is open. And inside that enclosed pipe are a thousand whirling crisscrossing blades and uh what it's for is like if you need to do 200 pounds of minced garlic you dump it in and then you kind of like spin the little donut and it pushes the the stuff under and it does it and those get clogged all the time and what you do whenever they get clogged is you do it either the safe way which is just push the little button it turns off you clear the clog and then you push the button and it turns on. Or you can do it the slightly more dangerous and stupid way, but probably not going to lose a finger. You take the tippy tip of a wooden spoon and you kind of tap it right next to the opening to get the, the stuff to fall out. And instead, <laughs> this girl uh, decided to clear it with her fingers, even though knowing full well that that pipe is full once again of whirling crisscrossing blades it is the most if you uh, if you unhook that thing and take it apart to clean it it is something out of a fucking stephen king movie it is just it looks like machinery designed to destroy a person it looks like it serves no purpose and yeah she lost two fingers and those fingers were not getting reattached because they were turned into a fine finger puree gross that's pretty gross yeah she got hurt so bad i almost needed to take the afternoon off <laughs> i can go get the boss and be like listen i gotta go <laughs> i think that just that just scarred me for life i just saw somebody get half their hand pulled so wait the the restaurant continued serving food after somebody's fingers went through an appliance well it's a catering kitchen so basically we had to just break down that machinery and clean it because it's it's all segregated like yeah those, those types of kitchens aren't crowded like normal kitchens are. The workstations are pretty spread out. Yeah. I don't care. I think I'd be like, yeah, I'm not I'm not cleaning that. I think I'm going to go home. I used to work in a place where we made sausages, which is like, it's the definition of you don't want to see how the sausage gets made. <laughs> if you've ever made sausages. And then we would occasionally have that problem of like somebody getting hurt. And you're just like, well, clean that station. Uh, it's like you're in charge of driving that guy to the hospital and you're in charge of cleaning that station. And the rest of these sausages got to get made. So when you're done, come on back here and finish up. Like, <laughs> Ew. Man, one guy sausage. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I mean, it was all sanitary and everything for the purposes of uh, in case anybody from the health department's listening. But it was that like the one guy cut himself real bad and it was like the boss just walked over looked at him and he's like you're gonna have to drive him to the hospital and he turned to the other guy that was in charge of like purchasing and was just like add uh mesh gloves to the purchasing list for next week (laughs) just and then just went back to work just like that it was really funny 
Speaking of people fucking up their jobs, hey, Brian, why don't you tell us about the movie you didn't watch? You piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very well done, Noah. I laid out exactly. I laid out exactly how I tried to watch it. And technology and the internet failed me. I just, I don't understand how you can have trouble watching the movies this week when multiple versions of each movie are available for free on archive.org. Like there's, there's literally a subtitled and a dubbed version of both movies on a free website that as far as I understand is legal. (laughs) You still couldn't watch them. I tried to, I was watching them until the, one stopped working, and I went to the other one, and uh, my technology did not want to play it. All right. I have downloaded it, so I will try to watch it sometime this week to talk about next week. Well, there's really no point now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, from, uh, from what I've gathered, uh, during World War II, uh, this German guy, uh, I don't... Was he Dr. Frankenstein? I never got the... No, uh, I, th- I think it's just supposed nope. to be a scientist studying... General scientist? monster after the fact. R- random no. Nazi scientist, yeah. Yeah. He had Franken- the monster Frankenstein monster's heart hooked up to some uh, technology to keep it alive. And then uh, they give it to the, to the Japanese soldiers. And after uh, the bombs go off during World War II... Causes it to start possibly getting bigger. And uh, after that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're you're pretty much right. You've, you've kind of nailed it. It gets bigger, uh, regrows the monster uh, around it. As you there was, also, uh, there was gets- also some homeless kid that was eating a bunch of like pets and stuff. Well, that is Frank. Yeah. Okay. yeah, same character. He gets Apparently, big. Apparently did not get that. You didn't pick up on that? No. I, thought it, I, I didn't think it was particularly subtle. Gonna say you probably, if you rewatch this for next week, you should probably watch the dubbed version because I don't think you were yeah. paying that close attention. Apparently not. <laughs> well, but yeah, but the, the so, big so thing that is... you missed is the end of the movie after uh, Frankenstein becomes gigantic and runs off into the hills to escape uh, persecution as Frankenstein's monsters are wont to do. Uh, it turns out there's another giant uh, kaiju monster, <laughs> and so he has to he has to fight it in a burning forest. And by the way, as casually as Noah brought up, there's another kaiju monster. That's as casually as the people in the movie refer to it as well. <laughs> yeah, it's the beginning of the movie. They like show its face for half a second. They're like, "Hey, you remember that thing from the beginning of the movie that we referenced for half a second? Payoff time, it maybe. It is the funniest damn thing in the world that they're just like, we're Japanese. Of course there's another monster. <laughs> they're just, they're so casual about the fact that there's, like, they're all blaming Frankenstein for, like, eating the local cows and children. And then they're just like, I don't think it is him. There's another monster. And they're like, another one? Damn it. <laughs> it is so funny. I, I do like the fact that uh, Frankenstein wins his big epic battle basically by throwing uh, that dino monster into a sleeper hold. 
and, and choking yeah. it out like he's Roddy Piper. Yeah. They they legit have a, a WWF match from the nineteen eighties or like yeah, like that style of wrestling match. That's what happens in this movie. Is it's Frankenstein's monster versus guy in rubber suit playing a monster, just you know, punching and kicking and arm holds and shit. So, so when you got cut off, Brian, had you got to the point where Frankenstein's monster had escaped the testing facility? Uh, I saw something where he was like hiding out in the brush, but uh, that happens just, a lot I, of times. I just know that uh, like some kids showed up at school and they were excited and they get in there like a rabbit and then they all run out like unhappy. That was the very beginning of the movie. Well, <laughs> I didn't get was very he, far into it then. So you didn't see him being giant? No, I did not see that at all. And you didn't did see you his see hand him? crawling around on its own? Did not. Because <laughs> they just chop it off for scientific purposes. Well, he, he rips it off to escape. Yeah, I did read that it dies of malnutrition, though, which I thought was kind of funny. It does. The hand. Does, yeah, their version the of yeah, their version of Frankenstein's monster is that he will, he and any independent piece of him will grow and remain alive so long as it has a source of protein, which is kind of cool because basically they're saying you know you chop him up into little bits and take him down to just his heart if you throw him in a nice chicken noodle soup eventually he'll grow back into a person yeah. the the whole idea of this movie is super fucking interesting they're like what if the nazis had access to the frankenstein monster and they could regrow him but they didn't quite couldn't quite figure out how to do it so they turned it over to the japanese and then just as the japanese were figuring it out nuclear bombs got dropped on it so now when he grows back he's going to grow back giant that's a really interesting idea. Like that's very clever. It's also the first 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> and then they're like, now nah, once he grows back, now we're just going to have a bunch of scenes of him, like going through the countryside and stuck in a cell for, you know, half the movie. But the idea is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole movie is a blast. I was a big fan. Uh, I think it, I, again, really good idea. Yeah fight at the end with the big monster great um there was a lot in the middle where it was like moving pretty slow <laughs> and they just kept coming up for excuses of like what if the frankenstein monster tipped over a boat and then they have a scene of that what if he was near a building and they just cr- create a paper mache building and let him smash that for a bit you're like all right but it just moved pretty slow in the middle that's my take on it i, I can accept that although i would I would argue, so the middle of the movie, they're trying to just make a Frankenstein movie yeah. and not a kaiju movie. And then the last, it's kind of a third, a third, a third. The first third of the movie is kind of just, hey, what's going on? And then the second third's like, ooh, it's Frankenstein. Let's talk weird science shit. And then the third is like, giant monster smash, go burr. Yeah, except the people making the movie know how to make giant monster smash movie. They don't know how to make an interesting Frankenstein movie. But that's fine. Like, like what I would have done is I would have spent more time developing the other monster. So when they finally fight, there's something going on there as opposed to just, you know, do you, did you guys find it weird that they go out of their way to make sure to tell you that 
the Frankenstein monster is a Caucasian male. And you're looking at him and you're like, no, he's not. Like, <laughs> it's clear, <laughs> clearly not. <laughs> like, I was, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like, I don't care. Like, it's who cares what the race of the Frankenstein monster is in this weird kaiju movie. But why did you go out of your way to point out that he's Caucasian when he's not Caucasian? It's so strange. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was real weird. And it's it's an international cast too, though there there are Caucasian people in this and Asian people, and I mean that's it, I guess. But that's pretty international for kaiju movie standards. So you could have hired a Caucasian guy to play him. No. <laughs> so weird to have them all staring at this giant monster going he's not asian and you're like i think he is he looks he looks real asian for a dude that's not asian <laughs> like it would have been fine if they just didn't say anything but they said something it's very strange he was talking a lot and it sounded asian yeah it's, it's a cable guy joke for everybody <laughs> You make Cable Guy references a lot on this podcast, by the way. The opportunity pops up way more than you'd think. It's fine. I'm not complaining. Well, especially when half of your personality is being hostile towards your very good friends. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So mean. So mean to me. I feel real Matthew Broderick-y in this group. (laughs) I I didn't know me and Doug were good friends. See? Hurts. (laughs) Why? <laughs> otherwise, the show would be boring. That's why. Yeah. I mean, it still is, but otherwise it would be, too. So. By the number of downloads we get, I would say it's very boring. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. So you really like this one, I know? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought it was great. I think, but but you know, so I'm I'm a little primed at the pump because I like kaiju movies to begin with. And whenever you find one that kind of breaks the uh, the formula a little bit and kind of goes in a different direction, that's always interesting. Yeah, I got to say, I, I I liked this way more than I expected to. I think we're approaching the part of Kai July where I'm just kaijued out. That's part <laughs> of the problem. Luckily, so it's I'm almost like, over. Because like. Like I said, this whole idea of this like giant Frankenstein monster because the Nazis found him and you know turned him over to the Japanese and he got nuclear bombed and now he's giant. That's all fun, but at the end of the day, this very much follows the formula of a kaiju movie overall. And I'm just like, we're like eight deep now. I'm like, that's enough. So <laughs> I, just, I love the so post post original Godzilla there is always the thing of there needs to be another monster for the monster to fight like there yeah. just has there just has to be and sometimes the way they bring that monster in like this <laughs> movie it seems just a wholly uh, the most ridiculous like deuce x kind of thing they're like and also monster yeah. we're not even gonna what? name it the, the bet the thing about all of this is like you have to like we've all seen Godzilla, right? And to some extent we all 
picture these kaiju movies as taking place in the same universe. We all kind of think maybe if this movie is a success, Frankenstein will fight Gojira next. You know what I mean? But we have to remember that this movie is set in its own universe where there's never been a giant monster before. And then a giant Frankenstein's monster shows up and they're all like, holy shit. And then somebody's like, yeah, I think there might be a second one. And everyone goes, oh, all right. I mean, that could happen. I can see that. That's reasonable. It's so I funny. I always just like to imagine this giant in this movie. second monster is there and nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, I like to imagine in these movies that in Japan that every kaiju movie is set in a world where there just are giant monsters and everyone is aware that there are occasionally giant yeah. monsters that climb out of the sea and destroy a it's, city because they're always yeah. they are always somehow they're both nonchalant about it and completely unprepared for it. It's yeah, it's both. It I used to play Sim City on the Super Nintendo when I was a kid. And that was a thing that would happen is if you like, I would leave it running and I'd go to school for the day so that it would build up my tax dollars so I could build more things when I got back. And occasionally you'd come home and a giant monster had stormed through your Sim City. Like that's just, <laughs> and it, that's how these people react. It's the same way. Like, oh shit, I'm gonna turn off my Super Nintendo and turn it back on and start the game over again, I guess. Because <laughs> a giant monster happened again. <laughs> I sure as hell ain't rebuilding those waterworks. It takes too long. It's so funny. It's it's so priceless to me listening to them just be like, ah, I think there might be a second monster. And they're all like, maybe. And they all just kind of shrug like, I don't know. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. Who knows? And the next, you know, Frankenstein is fucking wrestling giant lizard. And you're like, all right. The part where it like cuts away from the fight for a second and then the big crowd shows up and they're like, look, he's fighting it. And it turns back and they're in front of the fire and got or in Frankenstein's just got it by the legs. And he's like helicopter twirling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I'm just like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. What do you what do you mean? You don't know why when this is released, go back and listen to what you just said and then be like, I don't know why that excites me. Of course you understand why. <laughs> it's the fucking Frankenstein monster fucking helicopter twirling a wannabe Godzilla. What's not to love about that? With By, by the way, no, all this no, no explanation provided as to why they're fighting, other than they just happen to be in the same spot. Yeah. You know, big, just a happy two coincidence. Two big monsters can't exist in the same space. Which, which again... We're, we're left to believe that just big monsters show up occasionally in Japan at this point in history. <laughs> but you can't have two of them at the same time, or they'll fight. They're like beta fish. I guess, yeah. Can't have, can't have two monsters in the same city. Same random know. countryside, because yeah. they didn't I have the budget Tokyo. for cities in this one. You get the other city. I don't know any Okanawa. other Japanese cities. Okinawa. Yeah, you Ky- get Okinawa. Kyoto. You don't know about Kyoto? Look at the big brain on Doug. It's the head of the Japanese company in Die Hard. He was born in Kyoto. Yeah. Yatsi. Yeah. Mura. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I'm just making up Japanese sound. I don't. I don't remember if that was his name or not. I just remember Hans Gruber talking about him being born in Kyoto. You notice they never attack Okinawa though. Because they no, don't know how would you? 
Yeah, you're not going to try to fight Mr. Miyagi just because you're giant. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. In this era, it's still defended by Miyagi-san. Yeah, probably in like Godzilla 1985, they go after Okinawa because he had moved to the U.S. by that point. I actually have that one on Blu-ray. I haven't watched it in a long time. I'm making a bold assumption there, <laughs> so don't watch it. It's like, <laughs> I'm right until you watch it and find out, so... <laughs> this uh, is a weird fucking movie. Anyways, Brian, you you missed a weird fucking movie. Yeah, I like the weird ones <laughs> too. Sometimes it's it's like I don't want to say it's good because that's not the term I'm looking for, but it's interesting because it's a giant Frankenstein's monster stomping through the woods. And they do a reasonably good job of building like tiny woods and tiny apartment buildings for him to walk by. It's very obviously non-Caucasian Frankenstein's monster just <laughs> walking around. <laughs> yeah, I would see. I would call it good, but I would say it's it's good if only taken in the context of kaiju movie, because kaiju movies yeah. are kind of their own they're they're in such a my genre thing, specific thing this is my whole thing about not wanting to do kaiju live was i don't i don't want to watch 15 fucking kaiju movies in a row i think this would be my favorite put putting aside the original gojira because obviously it's a great film i think this would be my favorite of the kaiju films that we've watched if i had watched it as a standalone movie as opposed to in the middle of a month of kaiju movies because it's just fucking weird <laughs> for, for lack of is that a good way to describe it um I, I just feel like it's so messed up that to a certain extent it's like a little bit more fun than the others yeah i'm down and i'm down with the there's like little bits of horror stuff like i said there's the mangled rabbit and shit at the beginning of the movie yeah that's some actually good horror-esque moments. I would have loved if they leaned into the horror a little more. Like at the beginning when he's like only slightly oversized and he's like killing shit and eating it. I wish they'd played into the horror a little more. They kind of went into their weird kaiju mode where for some reason Ishiro Hondo has to have 12 scenes in every movie he makes where he badmouths the press and makes it seem like they're the bad guys. Yeah, and you're just like, okay, we don't need to do that again. Let's uh, let's concentrate on just these misunderstood monster. Hey, one of them, one of us made uh, Godzilla, and it wasn't you. So maybe I'll say whatever I want. That's a good point. That's how Honda would feel about it. You feel that way? <laughs> hey, the man made 44 movies, and I'm pretty sure 39 of them were kaiju movies. <laughs> I'm, I think it's the case. This is really even this whole month is really less about kaiju movies and really more of a Shiro Hondo retrospective. He's <laughs> right. Like we're at. Eight I should have, I should have thrown in some of his Japanese romantic comedies that he made. No, you yeah, shouldn't. I bet, I bet so love that too. Uh, if there's one thing I love, it's rom-coms. But if there's one thing I love even more, it's rom-coms with subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, oh, Brian, else? Do you have anything else? Anything else you'd like to say, Brian, about this movie you didn't see? Uh, the heart in the suitcase looked kind of cool. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah. That whole opening sequence, like I got to admit, 
this the first 10 minutes of this movie really grabbed me when they're like we have the frankenstein's monster's heart but we're in nazi germany and we're getting bombed so we have to send it to japan what could go wrong and i'm like nuclear bombs and then they get there and they're like nuclear bombs and i'm like <laughs> i'm like obviously that's Jeez. gonna happen but it's it's a really fun setup for a movie i really enjoyed it I like that they jump ahead like 15 years. They're like, okay, we're out of, we're out of the messy period of Japan's history. So we can, uh, yeah. we can all have a good time now. Yeah. It's like most of the people who were suffering from radiation poisoning have died at this point. So we can just move on. Right. <laughs> I, I guess when this movie was made, they were also jumping to modern day. Right. So the same way every other movie is just like, and this all happened in the past, and now it's today. So you can all relate to it, because it's today. And now we don't have to pay for period piece uniforms or anything. We can just have everything be like today. Well, anything else about Frankenstein versus Conquers the World? I recommend. Check it out. Uh, it's, it's way better than I thought it would be. A little too slow in the middle. It's still my criticism. Uh, yeah, I I would definitely recommend watch the dubbed version and not the subtitled version for this one, only because oh, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. It, it it isn't a re-edit, so you're not like it's not recontextualizing anything, but it's kind of a fucking silly movie, and you don't want to be distracted reading subtitles <laughs> and missing all the silliness. Listen, it's a li- it's offensive to our audience to to spend half an hour discussing giant Frankenstein wrestling with a giant lizard and then go, it's kind of silly. No, it's, it's <laughs> ridiculously silly. And therefore you should watch the, the dubbed version because it's funnier. <laughs> okay? I was going to, I was going to say, yeah, I, for a second, I thought you said it was going to be weird to describe it that way. And then at the end to be like, but pinky's out, watch the subtitles. You uncultured swine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, show some respect for traditional Japanese cinema, will you? <laughs> All right. What's well, funny Noah. Is, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I told my kid the plot of this movie, and the look he gave me was amazing. Because I'm like, you know, Frankenstein. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, what if he drew a giant and fought a lizard? And my kid just looked at me like I was the dumbest person in the world. And I'm like, that's what Dad does after you go to bed, buddy. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so. It's like, fuck you this. Know. I'm going to the bed right now. I deal with your bullshit anymore. <laughs> it's it's just funny that how ridiculous the concept of this movie is. is very funny. But we'll move on to the next one. All right. Well, Noah, why don't you break down uh, Mothra? Uh, yeah. So in Mothra, a group of sailors get shipwrecked onto a small island Uh, When they are rescued, they are mysteriously free of radiation, despite the fact that that island sits near a nuclear testing site. Uh, In order to discover what made them uh, radiation resistant, they claimed that the natives had them drink some kind of juice, which I don't think the juice is ever even explained. But but anyway, they they send a... uh, a group of scientists plus a uh, rich asshole to an island. Guess who the bad guy is, guys? Can you guess who it is? No. 
some stuffy politician, no way, maybe. No way to guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also a reporter and his photographer get involved, and the reporter sneaks aboard, and they're relatively chill with the fact that he snuck onto a ship. <laughs> what? I can't believe they would use this movie as an excuse to badmouth the press. Just because every other movie made by this director has a primary plot line that involves badmouthing the press, I can't believe this one would also do it. Really? I didn't think this one does that at all. Because really? this one, yeah, in this one, the reporter's the hero. Uh, he let him go and trust he's not going to say anything. And he does hold himself to that. Yeah, I guess. But they get to the island. On the island, they discover two uh, teeny tiny little twins who they keep calling fairies, but really they're just teeny tiny little people. They're more like the brownies from Willow. Although I can't tell if they're supposed to be magically making their chariot fly or not later, but we'll get to that. Uh, Some shenanigans happen. Rich guy's like, hey, I'm going to abduct these two little girls. And everybody's like, hey, uh, no. Not gonna, not gonna abduct these small girls. That is strange and horrible. Uh, so they go back to land. Decide everyone decides to keep the mystery, not reveal that these little girls exist. And the rich guy immediately goes back with his group of thugs and kidnaps them, and then forces them into slavery. And everyone's kind of cool with that. Yeah, uh, you mentioned how rich he is, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's so totally unrealistic that a okay. rich person would uh, get away with something terrible in public. I don't know if you missed this, Noah, but uh, he does tell everybody, no, look, they sing at the show. We're obviously fine with it. Right. Uh, yeah, and they keep singing a song to something called Mothra. Uh, when they're finally questioned because they have psychic powers. Uh, they warn everyone that Mothra is going to come to get them, which means... They need to go home or everyone's going to die. Uh, a bunch of shenanigans. And then, of course, Mothra comes and a bunch of people die. Even after people die, the rich guy still won't send his uh, his little girls back to the island. Right. Which well, also is totally unrealistic that somebody would refuse to admit that they've been wrong the entire time. <laughs> you know how society goes. People do something yeah. wrong, even rich people. They're like, yep, you're right. I was wrong. Shouldn't have done that. Everybody's better for it. And we get to see those adorable twins sing their Mothra song a couple times. It's great. Mothra! I can't believe. Don't tell me you guys didn't enjoy this movie. Fucking Mothra is great. I enjoyed I it more not. than I did Rodan. I, I disagree. I enjoyed Rodan more than this. That is just fucking bizarre. This is such a, this one is legitimately, so Rodan's kind of just a cheesy monster movie and whatever, and we can debate its flaws. This one is just a straight up good movie. I don't think it's the best kaiju movie because there's a little less kaiju and a little more twin singing, but it just is a crafted movie with a story. It's a good fucking movie. I do enjoy the story more than Rodan. But there was actually like something going on rather than just a bunch of miners hanging out. Uh, it does take a long fucking time before, 
before a moth does show up, but we do get a giant worm that cocoons itself to a tower, which is kind of nice. I was getting ready to say, well, they, the caterpillar swimming through the ocean is one of my favorite parts of the whole movie <laughs> where they're like, we've got to stop Here's this the- thing. And it's just like, fuck you. It just swims in a straight line, no matter what they throw at it. The caterpillar is by far the most interesting part of the movie. And when it cocooned itself to become Mothra, I'm like, oh, don't do that. Like, I was legit disappointed because I'm like, that's I've seen pictures of Mothra and it's not as interesting as this caterpillar. So I was disappointed when they moved on from the caterpillar. And that's part of the problem, I think, with the movie is like you want you want the animal whatever it is kaiju to grow into something worse but instead it grows into something less interesting and not as fun to watch although it's kind of it's it's interesting that mothra so in the other kaiju movies there uh, a lot of their motivations are very ambiguous we can say <laughs> but in this one mothra you like you know exactly what mothra wants and exactly what mothra is doing yeah. Usually they spend but most of the movie trying to figure out how to make them go away, where we already know what the answer to get them to go away is. Just some stupid rich asshole won't give them up. Right. Right. And the fact that Mothra, you know from the kind of from the beginning that Mothra is not a bad guy. It's it is going to kill a bunch of people, but it's not going to do it on purpose. It's just going to go in a straight line to get its little fairy twins back. And uh, if people don't get the fuck out of the way, that's their fault. But did that make the movie less fun for you guys? Because it did for me. No, like, because we like, did see still the human nature of getting all the tanks out, shooting at it, of course. Uh, and then it cocoons itself. And they're like, fuck this cocoon. And they set it on fire. And then they congratulate each other only to find that, that they'd fucked up and... Uh, cocoon opens up and a giant moth comes out that destroys everything. Yeah, I was going to say, I think one of the other things that I really like about Mothra is it plays very much like, uh, it feels like the Disney movies from around the same era, but but Japanese up, if that makes sense, in which we've had fun watching those. Yeah, I don't know. Except for Doug. Does, Doug doesn't like fun. Well, and again, part of it is probably just the fact that we're on kaiju movies six and seven of the of the month. And maybe if I saw this as a standalone movie, I'd feel differently. But I just feel like it's, it's really typical. Six, Whatever. <laughs> it feels like more. Um, I don't know. I guess I just I'm at the point of like, what do you what do you got for me that's interesting or different from other kaiju movies and. The answer is nothing on this one. Really? Just, I, I feel like it does. What does it have? Tiny jungle people. Well, yeah. And yeah, like I said, ob- it's objectively worse. And like, it's got a, a straightforward story. It's definitely, you can tell that while I, I think in the modern era, we would look back and we would call all these kaiju movies, kids movies in a way. This one straight up is this one straight up is a like designed for a 10 year old Japanese kid at the time, which I think gives it its own flavor. All right. I'll agree with that. I just don't see it as a positive thing. Um, I don't necessarily want to watch a movie made for a Japanese child from the 60s. 
You could also say it's a reverse uh, King Kong. A rich asshole finds tiny people in the jungle and is like, I must take them home and show them off to the world. <laughs> I mean, not untrue. You know what? I've never thought about that comparison, and now that will never leave my brain. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just It just didn't work for me. Um, partially because the moth looks ridiculous. Which I guess if you're saying it's a good thing that it's made for children, then yes, that moth is very, like, you could totally sell stuffed animals, that moth to children. So I agree. Right. Uh, well, and, it, and it did end up being successful, too. So Mothra ended up being, out of out of all these, the, the huge boom in kaiju movies, the Godzilla series obviously was the most popular, and it was followed immediately by Mothra being the second most popular movie series. Yeah. And I'm aware of that, which gave me a little bit higher hopes for this. But at the end of the day, I just, I don't know. It's for me, this movie was just a ridiculous narrative and it was an excuse for a giant monster to trample a Japanese town. And then the monster wasn't that good. And I'm See, like, well, then this is interesting because I, I I go such the opposite direction of that. Of if it, it feels like once again they told a good story that just happens to have a giant monster, rather than it being an excuse for the monster to show up. So take the giant monster out of this, you would have enjoyed watching little fairy people shit. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, see now, now, now we're finding where the difference between our views this movie's coming because I did not enjoy the little fairy people at all. I'm just saying, two two magical characters get abducted by evil guy and is rescued by a ragtag group of characters. That's kind of like very literally a classic plot of movies. That's it's not like they were really grasping at straws here. No, but they put annoying little singing people in their movie. And I don't I don't like that. Dean, you say annoying, but that, that song is a jam, yo. It's possible that we have different views on what's annoying and what's a jam, yo. Because we don't seem to be on the same page as it pertains to this movie. Brian? Like I said, I, I enjoyed it more than I did Rodan. I thought it was good i did like the story i did like the reverse uh king kong aspect of it um my only disappointment was uh mothra doesn't show up to the last 15 minutes of the movie could use more mothra but do you not agree that the giant caterpillar was better than the giant moth i don't know about better <clears throat> i feel like they're about the same just one just crawls in a straight line and destroys anything in front of them and the other one flies and Flies low enough to ground to just destroy anything with the power of its wings. But didn't you think the special effects of it were shitty when he was flapping his no. wings and then things were blowing around? Yeah, it's all miniature stuff, but it's 1961. So that was fun. You guys are very forgiving of this film compared to me. <laughs> also, maybe I enjoyed I Mothra in the, uh, the last uh, team up movie from a couple years ago. So maybe I just transplanted my feelings from that movie onto this one. I did. I 
did like in the uh, the newer one how they kind of brought back the caterpillar because I almost figured they were going to kind of skip that. Also, sort of had the twins, but they were normal sized people. Mm-hmm. They died. They died recently. That's a bummer. Mathura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There may be uh, a uh, a significant difference in the level of enjoyment that we get depending on the amount of singing in a movie. <sighs> Uh, normally listen normally i'm anti-singing in movies but are you though in this particular one i think it's i think it's because it's kind of a theme song and you know how much i love me a theme song yeah uh, we all do thanks for calling the midnight drive-in no one is here to take your call for more info check out the midnight drive-in on twitter at mn drive-in pod or find us on facebook if you want to email us, send it to the midnight drive-in at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right. Uh, we did get a piece of feedback, and it got stuck in one of the weird filters in, in our email for some stupid reason. <laughs> okay. This was in the uh, promotions label. I don't know why. All right. Uh, This is from Donnie Davis. He said, love the beginning of Kai July. Hope for some obscure picks later in the month. Um, Said, I did want to touch on Black Phone and Noah's feelings on the secondary character's journey. Talk about Black Phone last week, Noah? Uh, Yeah. Okay. I almost completely blanked that out. Noah. Well. No, I did not like the fact that there was multiple supernatural elements, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was distracting. Um, Donnie said, I felt that the only reason Finney could speak with the spirits of the murder boys was due to abilities he received from his mother. Same as Gwen. I think that if his mother had been normal, he never would have been able to talk with the others on the phone. I did like the parallel story of Gwen getting more into her dreams as the movie progressed. Donnie. Well, but I, I can't agree with that, though. So okay. because because they specifically say in the movie that the killer can also hear the phone, which means it's not just the kid. He said he could hear a ringing. So maybe the ringing's real and everything else isn't. Maybe, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know. It was still all right. Like I said. Uh, but I guess we could jump into uh, I watched Black Phone the other day. Oh, what'd you uh, think? And I, I rather enjoyed it, so... Yeah. Uh, I thought uh, you- Ethan Hawke was creepy as shit. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't have a problem with him talking to all the dead children on the phone. No, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with the talking to dead kids. I was bored by the sister. Oh, gotcha. Or not, and not exactly bored. I just don't. If, if you have a, a kid talking to murder victims in a basement to learn how to battle the creepy mask wearing Ethan Hawke character. That's enough. You guys, you got enough shit in your movie. You don't need the sister running around having visions and trying to get Jesus to help her. <laughs> she does try to get Jesus to help her. Yeah, I guess you're right. But, I don't know. I don't have a strong enough opinion on it, I guess. I tell you guys about how I haven't seen it, so you guys are spoiling shit out of it right now for me. Yeah. There's no, that's not really spoiling. That's in the trailer. You're good. The Jesus stuff is? I don't watch the trailers. Keep in mind. 
I don't know about the Jesus. It literally is just her praying yeah, that's like not, twice, twice in the movie. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I was going to say that's not a plot point. That's just an annoying thing. Uh, so we don't get Ethan, to watch Jesus fight Ethan Hawke in this movie? No, I wish. Then it would be a five out of five for me. <laughs> yeah, what the f- just, just Jesus. Kim pops yeah. out of the phone, just punches Ethan Hawke in the face. Yeah. Gives gives the get a thumb up and disappears. Yeah. He's wearing the wearing the robes and the sandals and pulls the crown of thorns yeah. off and uses them like a yeah, fucking like what was that? Oh, oh my like god, a, like the, the phantasm murder frisbee? Well, that or I was thinking the glaive from Cole. But sure. <laughs> See, I'm just picturing it as like either the end of Monster Squad or the end of Friday thirteenth part seven, whichever one you want to go with, where he just Jesus pops up and drags the bad guy away at the end. <laughs> just the kids just escapes, gives him a thumbs up no. and moves on. Uh yeah. I also thought Jeremy Davis was sufficiently creepy. Um, he's always creepy in just about everything he's in. So. Who's who's Jeremy Davis? Uh, the kid's dad. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I think he. Uh, I, I'm always like, how has he not played Charles Manson yet? I feel like it's only a matter of time. Man, he does look a lot like fucking Charles Manson. Right. That's unfortunate. <sighs> It's like that one actor being way too good at doing uh, uh, Robert Kemper. Oh, yeah. It, <laughs> it's like, hmm. Good acting, but at the same time, you're not a, you're not invited to the barbecue anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, what else have you watched, Noah? Uh, I did finally catch up on The Boys. Yeah, which was you. It's good. You're you're fully caught up. Yeah, yeah, all the way caught up. Okay. Uh, the the hero gasm episode's pretty funny. <laughs> it's it's so fucked up. He's just like, what if there's a world full of superheroes? What would they do? Probably have an orgy. And you're like, yeah, I guess they would. I just do. You guys feel like they made a weird decision this season to be like. Oh, this is just going to be chock-a-block full of dicks. <laughs> They're like it all does the dicks seem and all it the dudes' asses. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know if they were like fighting back against the traditional patriarchy of our society or something by showing more dicks, but they were like, they really leaned to it this year. Yeah. I'd say my the, the only thing... I wish they would have a little more of this season is mean. You don't get a lot of catharsis. You need, you know, the, bad things happen to happen to the bad guys every once in a while to make mm-hmm. you go. Ah, that feels good that a bad thing happened to the bad guy. But well, the only bad things that happen to the bad guys are things that happen to their good friends. <laughs> I would even take it a step further, though, and say it feels like the story Okay, so Homelander is the bad guy. And he's been the bad guy for three years now. And at the end of this, he's just still the bad guy. Like, it feels like there's no resolution to the story because nothing happens to him. That He's never being punished for all the shit he does. Well, I mean, we're still moving on to another season. Yeah. And 
we are seeing the society seems to be turning into his favor. Which, yeah. Gee, I, I wonder what they base that on. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like they're leading to something. It's just not this season. Yeah. But yeah. It, and I feel like they were trying to play a lot of that stuff for jokes. But, man, it really does feel like a raw nerve whenever you're watching it. Because every once in a while somebody says something and it just instantly pisses you off. Because... Not not because it's fake, but because that's exactly what some dumb motherfucker would say. Yeah. Probably did. This is the point. This is the point I was making the first time we talked about the boys, like several weeks ago, when we when I said like society is beyond satire, and stuff isn't funny because it's you can't make up anything more ridiculous than what's just happening. So right. Well, and I know they're trying to like humanize some of it. So the uh, oh, I can't remember the character's name. The the black guy. Oh, there's milk. Which like, the the guy who's in the group, not the not yeah. a train and those guys. Yeah, mother's milk. Yeah, uh, his wife's new boyfriend, and that guy's kind of descent into the truthism. Yeah, that's kind of playing out on the side is interesting and because they're trying to humanize it a little bit and be like listen this guy's not a bad guy he's just listening to the wrong shit basically but at the same time you want to be like yeah but still fuck that guy <laughs> yeah i mean because the show what's happened in the show is the same thing that happens in the real world where you're like okay but at some point you're an adult you have a responsibility to understand the basic truth of our world. And when you choose not to, I lose respect for you. And I, I'm, I'm done trying to convince grownups that they should understand that. Like the sky is blue. You know what I mean? Like, it, and that's where the show I think would work better if society made more sense, but since society doesn't make any sense anymore, what can you do? It's not even really a criticism of the show. Like it's, I'm sure the show. It's, would it's work a criticism if, of the world that the show was made yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and again, the world the is an objectively that, that, terrible place, and it just keeps getting worse. And you know, the fact that right wingers this season are like, wait, Homelander's a bad guy, but that that doesn't make any sense. Uh, how do you, yeah, how how are you supposed to respond to that? Well, and then the problem, you have those other people that are all like, yeah, Butcher's such a badass. You know, and it's like, well, you know, he's a bad guy, too. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. this, this whole show is about how it's dumb to worship heroes, and you all keep doing it. Huey was really the only good guy, and now this season, he was a bad guy. At least he was a conflicted, play, uh, conflicted person who didn't know what to do, and you could humanize, you could understand his motivations and then it took him to a bad spot. So I really, I kind of liked the, the fact that they were attempting to change the a train character a little bit and make him actually trying to become a little more of what, what a hero should be. And, you know, focused on the community and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, Oh, what's her face? The one who was the publicist who's the CEO now, Ashley, 
where she just tears into him in that scene and she goes, oh, you remember the fucking murders that I covered up for you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the multiple murders. <laughs> and now you want to be a good guy and yep. make demands? Fuck you. Or what did she say? You care. You care now that it happened to you. You know, yeah, that whole scene where he ends up killing the racist superhero. <laughs> And then he goes home to his brother like he's a hero. And his brother's like, yeah, no. You were supposed to arrest him and put him in jail, not murder him. I don't want a murderer coming around and visiting my children. Like, that's not cool. And he's like, oh, I can't believe somebody's questioning this because I thought the good guys are just allowed to kill the bad guys, you know. And that part is actually an interesting look at, like, the concept of superheroes in our society and the idea of like, well, why do we root for certain people just because they're quote unquote, the good guy. And uh, I thought the brother's reaction was really interesting. Oh my God. All the, all the a train stuff, the thing where you finally think that they've capitulated and that they're making that activism commercial. That's going to be about their version of black lives matter or whatever. And instead it's just a goddamn commercial for his fucking energy drink. I don't know. Stuff like that. I'm just like, that's good. That's a good burn. And of course, the deep just fucking fish. Oh, my God. So many octopuses oh. this season. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. You want to jerk me off with all your little arms? <laughs> the scene where he brings the octopus into bed with his wife and then she <laughs> leaves and he is when he, when she's like, how long have you been fucking it behind my back? And he's like, he, he, calls her out and he's like first of all it's not it it's a she get your pronouns right (laughs) i fucking near lost my mind dude when he yelled that i'm just like i can't believe he's upset about the pronouns of this octopus right now oh all the stuff every time that guy fucks an octopus i get happy in the show i'm like good i'm glad the show is doing this now (laughs) this the scene where a fucking homelander makes him eat his octopus is uh, like it's one of those scenes that you're like see I want something bad to happen to him but I just feel bad for the octopus that it got mixed up in all this yeah, yeah it's it's he also like, one of those says, ones where that's Timothy I know that guy <laughs> <laughs> but when he eats the octopus and then still is on Homelander's team the next day you're like so you're a completely non-sympathetic character now any complexity to that character is gone now. You've completely sold out to the point where you're eating your friends and f- just to please this guy. Yeah, he's gross. Yeah. Then, I mean, I also finished uh, Miss Marvel, which I'm guessing maybe we'll talk about that since the show's down at the end. Just probably. finished it up yesterday, so. All right. I think that's it. I didn't have time to do anything else. What about you, Doug? Let's see. Well, obviously, I watched The Boys because I was able to discuss it somewhat intelligently there. But I watched anything else. I went and saw some shit called Pause of Fury. Um, I don't know. My kid wanted to see it, so. That, that, was, just, my... that was a fun time, huh? I saw a bunch of trailers for it, and every time I see a trailer for it, I go, oh, they're making a Hong Kong Fooey movie, and then it's a Hong Kong Fooey. <laughs> Here's the thing about the movie is, like, it's about a dog that wants to become a samurai in a world where only cats can be samurais. Um... But the dog is voiced by Michael Sarah, and the cat that agrees to train him is like an old fat cat 
played by Samuel L. Jackson and fucking like Mel Brooks shows up in this movie and you're like, okay, so it's mildly funny, but it's still about a dog that wants to be a samurai. So there you go. Um, I, I don't know. For some reason, George Takai is in it. And he keeps finding excuses to say, oh my. And you're like, okay, I get that. Cause he says that in public a lot. So that's why that's funny. But I don't understand why he's doing it in this weird cat samurai movie. I don't know. I saw it, so I'm mentioning it because we're supposed to do that. Something and then for the only... parents, Doug. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It was that or Minions. So I would have went with Minions, probably. I've never seen a Minions thing, so I don't actually know anything about Minions except for the memes. I really like Despicable Me. Those movies are pretty good. Weird fact is that when I posted about going to see the next movie that I'm going to talk about, the producer of Despicable Me liked my Instagram thing, and it was super weird because I'm like, that's very, very random. But <laughs> it's like, I, like I'm, I'm opening it up right now, and I have literally, I have three likes, and one of them is from the producer of Despicable Me. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's like that's weird instagram's going big time it's it's just one of those ones where i'm like why does this one person that clicked on like have a little blue check mark beside it so i checked who it was and that's and then you brought up despicable me and i'm like oh maybe that's why maybe he knew we were going to mention him this week world's trying to tell you Doug. but the uh yeah the insta post that he liked was about me seeing the new thor do we want to talk about that at all? Sure. All right. I didn't like it. Um, so, uh, I said earlier, you don't like fun. So that's not surprising. I'm going to say flat out last week you were talking or not. Sorry. It wasn't even on the show. It was in the discord. You two were discussing whether it's like where it falls in the ranking of Thor movies. And I'm going to flat out say to me, the, discussion to be had is this is the worst thing that has ever happened in the MCU. I think it's that bad. Disagree. You are. That is that is a pile of bullshit. It is to me this is like we're talking Iron Man 3 Thor the Dark World and Thor Love and Thunder or whatever the hell Listen, it's called. Listen Doug you've hated every Marvel thing that's came out in the last year. <laughs> That's, it's not accurate. It's not accurate. I, I will tell you that I was sitting in the theaters legitimately considering leaving this movie while I was watching it. Um, it Again, is just dog hates fun. No, you know what? I want I want a story to be told. I want my movie to have a, a plot with a story, a story. and characters. I don't I want. No, uh, no, no, no. Cutting back to the director voicing a cartoon character telling stories is not telling a story. This, no, the, it, the it fucking, told a story. You have Thor the Apparently God you didn't Butcher. Like the story. You have you have a character in this movie called the God Butcher. How many gods did he kill on screen? Uh, well, it's supposed to be a mystery of who they're trying to find. Yeah, you don't know. They're coming up behind them, and they keep so, saying. So all you these, have. Uh, to, I do think. find it interesting have, that Thor kills way more gods in this movie than the God Butcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The God Butcher kills one god on screen, and you have Christian Bale, who actually, to to give the movie credit, 
excellent performance. I mean, not really shocking that Christian Bale gives a good performance in a movie nowadays, but he does a great job. You have him. The makeup looks good. The character is actually interesting. Uh, hypothetically, if you are actually spent some time on him. And they're just like, yeah, in the background, we'll tell you that he killed some gods. And you're like, I, but I don't. That's not interesting. That's not how you tell a movie. Fucking you have a plot line in this movie where Jane Foster has cancer. And because Thor spoke to his hammer and asked it to watch out for her, it grants her the power of Thor to make her strong again. But at the same time, it's killing her by because it's giving her the power. That is a super fucking interesting idea. Maybe explore that a little bit. See, just. I actually thought that's one of the worst things in the movie. I think it's, it, I think it's a really interesting idea. It just it, they, it's done terribly. Well, but it robs it robs her character of being worthy. Because the whole the whole point of picking up the hammer being sure. a big thing is supposed to be that you're worthy, and instead it's just weird yeah. Thor love magic. Yeah, you're right. Because nobody gives a shit. Because the people making this movie didn't give a shit about the lore. They didn't give a shit about the impact. You've got the whole the whole plot point of like if the God Butcher gets to this like eternity or whatever the fuck it was called, he can place like a like he can make a wish and it'll wipe out all of the gods in the universe. That is like a Thanos level threat. And it is just background fodder in this movie. Because nobody cares about anything. Nothing has any stakes. None of the characters are actually characters. The costumes look like shit. The props look like shit. Um, like, just, I don't know. It was just, a, it was a garbage film. It was the kind of crap that used to come out back before the MCU existed when you were making standalone superhero films and nobody actually cared about them. You just wanted the costume to look kind of like a modern version of the of the costume and that's all the producers cared about uh just just utter nonsense utter nonsense just a couple of jokes that landed and that's it but we're just gonna by the way thor has always just had the power to assign the power of thor to anyone else who happens to be in the room with him he's never used that in the past that wouldn't have come in handy against all the armies that he's battled in the past just now he can just because it's it's a cute idea to have a kid hold up their teddy bear and have its eyes shoot out lasers. So we're just going to let Thor can just do that now. Like just, you know, the, the God Butcher's whole thing is the gods don't care about people. And that's why he wants to destroy them. You know what his plan is to get Thor? Well, if I kidnap the people he cares about, then he'll come looking for them. That's not contradictory at all, is it? No. Just nonsense filmmaking. Very clear that nobody involved gave a shit about telling a story, about fucking having characters that matter, about paying respect to the lore that pre-exists, about following up and trying to be part of a bigger universe, about anything. And to top it off, that his costume looks like what happens when kids are bored at a restaurant and somebody gives them crayons, so they're like, I'll see what Thor looks like if we paint him blue. And the fucking Stormbreaker plot they look like looks like something that you would get at the circus where you just blow it up and it's the fucking a little bit too big and dads are annoyed that they have to have it in the car on the drive home. I didn't like this movie. I give it four out of five stars. I think that you're insane. 
I, I legit think to me three, three and a half. I don't, out of five. I don't. I don't understand how a, either one of you can possibly have enjoyed the MCU to this point and then also be enjoying this movie. This movie was below the level of like the old like Marvel movies that were coming out pre MCU. This is below like the Daredevils I, and the Fantastic I get it, Four. I get, just just accept that they're not disagree. making Marvel movies for you anymore and move on. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. If this is. I, I, I am I am I am dead serious. If if this is what the MCU is now, I will stop watching. That's where we're at. And we're talking like the only reason that I'm not swearing off the MCU is because there have been good movies recently. Like, you know, No Way Home is obviously one of my favorites, and it was only a few months ago. But if if this is what they want to do, I will stop watching it. And I will just simply tap out of this podcast when it's time to talk about Marvel stuff. Because this is not for me at all. Because I like my movies to be movies. I don't like my movies to be fucking ad-lib jokes. This is the Ghostbusters 2016 of superhero movies. That's how I see this. Jesus Christ, Doug. <laughs> now let's not get crazy. I, Calm the fuck down. I'm not, I'm not kidding at all. Like, I'm not exaggerating. I'm like, I'm legitimately mm. considered getting up and walking out of this movie while I was watching it. I do not understand. I do not understand anything that you guys could have possibly liked about it. I would love to hear what you liked about it. Other than the Christian Bale stuff, which was the screaming goats was fucking hilarious. Every and and it was funny every fucking time because whenever they did it the first time, I was like, that's going to get real annoying and stupid real fast. And instead I was laughing my ass off every time it happened. I was the, when they put the goats in the ship, and everybody was like trying to do it. And I think it was like Drax that was like wrestling with one of them, trying to get it into place. That was mildly entertaining. If it was like, if that was the only time we saw them, I would have been fine with that. But they were, yeah. you found them funny later in the movie. Oh, yeah. Every time they were on screen, I was laughing my ass off. It was just because they would they would catch you off guard a bunch of times where they'd be doing something and like it would pan over in the boat or something would be off screen and you just hear that. <laughs> all right if that's funny to you guys it's funny to you guys i can't tell you that it shouldn't be but it wasn't to me um i actually enjoyed thor's costume it's actually a throwback to an old one from the comic books so. um it was kind of cool that scene at the beginning where he's running where they blew through a bunch of the suits that they're probably never going to be able to use yeah that was a lot of fun. Um, <sighs> that, was eight, that was eight seconds of the movie. If you guys think it was a lot of fun, great. But no, I thought the I actually enjoyed all the Jane Jane stuff. Didn't have a problem with it. Um, you don't you know you don't feel that they should tell a story when they do something like that. I feel like they told a story. I don't. They explained uh, how she was dying. We did cut back and forth to her have, needing to like not be Thor for a while because the power was killing her and she had to like rest and make decisions about like do i keep doing this do i not they had they had exposition i agree (laughs) they didn't tell the story but the only thing i really didn't like was that uh stormbreaker was like this jealous girlfriend throughout the whole thing that was really weird that all of a sudden our stormbreaker Stormbreaker and Mjolnir, are they sentient? 
And the fact that there's been this long silence. Yeah. So then why do they have personalities in this movie out of nowhere? After being in like, it makes no fucking sense. That is a complaint I had, but I did not let it overshadow the whole movie for me. Well, they were, it was, there are 30 scenes in this movie where he has conversations with those two things. It's a major plot point to pretend like, you know what I mean? Like of the two hours, legit 10 minutes of screen time is him dealing with the fact that his ax is jealous of his hammer and we don't know if they're sentient or not. So it's it's not his hammer anymore. Why isn't it his hammer anymore? Because it's Jane's hammer now. Why is it Jane's hammer now? Uh, because he unknowingly cast a spell onto the hammer, just like Odin did in the first movie. Mm-hmm. He, uh, but did Odin do it unknowingly? No, no, Odin did it knowingly. Thor did not. Probably did not realize he could cast a spell onto his hammer. And I think he's, he's I think that was the justification the... of him doing that to the hammer on accident. Was the justification for later whenever he can grant Thor powers to the kids. Because yeah, right. there is supposed right. to, they, they haven't, I feel like they didn't follow up enough with a bunch of stuff in the comic books. Like the fact that Thor has inherited the Odin force, which they've never fucking brought up for some weird reason. Yeah. Cause they're not interested in telling a story. And I'm pretty sure the people who wrote and directed this movie, have never read a comic book. I mean, we've got, we've all got our gripes. I've got a gripe that we're fucking four Thor movies in and a bunch of Avengers movies in and no fucking Beta Ray Bill. It's bullshit. Sure. I agree. I'd have no problem with bringing him in if they did it in a proper way. Nothing they did in this movie tells me they're going to do anything in a proper way, though. You just, it's one of those ones, frame for frame. Just adapt that comic book frame for frame. The Ballad of Beta Ray Bill is one of the best Thor comics that's ever been fucking written, bar none. And still no Wrecking Crew. I really thought we would have seen the Wrecking Crew. And now we can't because Loki's so clear. Did you not like this because Loki wasn't in it? It is the only one without Loki so far. That's a good point. It's not the issue, though. I was really looking forward, quite (laughs) frankly, to Doug really had a fever for that Hindleston. Yeah, apparently. Oh, I was re- I was really looking forward to Natalie Portman as like an, a second Thor. I thought that was an interesting idea, and I was really looking forward to seeing how they handled it. And how they handled it was by having a fucking background character tell us the story, rather than showing it happen on screen. You know, there is a possibility she's not gone forever. So. The, bringing okay. back fucking Matt Damon and uh, what's Sam, Sam Neill and yeah. Luke uh, Hemsworth. Sure. Although I'll tell you what they did. They fucking brought in what's her face that I fucking hate. <laughs> fucking That's Alyssa McCarthy. Enough. She was in this? She was hell in the play. She played hell out. Oh, okay. She popped out and you know, the, of Again, course like, the whole the whole crowd popped for that and I was like, ah, oh, this fucking woman. Yeah, I laughed. I didn't even, I didn't even realize it was her. And I that whole thing was like, okay, not? it's it's a little callback. I don't know, because I was already sick of the movie by that point um, because of the shitty storytelling. That could be it. There was, there was a couple of moments like that where they're like calling back to like previous Thor stuff. And I'm like, okay, that idea is mildly funny, but even that, like, so they, they have like the Matt Damon and the other guy playing the characters they played in the previous, you know, the, the play within a play of the previous movie. And then you're like, okay, that's kind of fun. But then they have them walking up and like having more scenes. And I'm like, no, 
that's a one-off joke. You don't need those guys coming up anymore. That's just you acknowledging that you're not important enough to get them in your movie without promising them more lines. I do love that. Now I turn into godly dust. Woo, I'm going. Woo. <laughs> Again, mildly funny in and of itself. If they hadn't ruined it by having those guys show back up later and like do the whole thing where like, can't we write a play about what just happened tonight? And it's like, no, you can't. Fuck off. We need our main characters to have character development now. There's none of that in this movie. Did I mention I didn't like the movie? Four out of five, Doug. You're I you're insane. I legit don't understand how you got there. Do you not think movies should have stories? This. I don't understand listen, how you liked liked listen, the last Doug, movie and did just, not enjoy you, this one. You went into it knowing that you wouldn't like it. No. <laughs> and I I will tell you this, if this is I I I know what you're doing, you're having your little fun, but I'm telling you, if this is what the MCU is doing, it's time for me to tap out. Maybe it's maybe it does become that. I if this is what people want from the MCU, then great. Have it. I, no, I it's will, fine. No, I totally here's I will, here's I will, the I will, I will it'll I'll put it on on par with the Sony movies that I don't watch anymore. Like I said, I'm like I'm like three and a half stars on this one. I totally understand why somebody would hate this movie. I, I get it. I mean, I really, really genuinely do. Well, I don't I understand just, how I like just, Ragnarok I, didn't like this one. Yeah, I just don't find it insufferably bad. Two I, was ev- insufferably bad. Ev- everything I liked about Ragnarok is done wrong in this movie. And everything that I complained about in Ragnarok is done, is cranked up in this movie. Like you had in Ragnarok, one of my big complaints was we destroyed Asgard and they treated it like a joke and that they, it wasn't handled seriously and it wasn't, you know, and then here we've got this, like this guy that can just wish away all the gods in the entire universe. And that's like, that's like five Thanoses. And it's again handled like a background story. It doesn't matter. No one cares. There's no consequences to anything. Who gives a shit? It's just a stupid comic book movie. Well, in theory, and, Thanos got rid of fifty percent of the gods, so that'd be two Thanos. Yeah. And all that. Can we can we talk about the stupid shit with Zeus now for a minute? Oh, can, can somebody? I, <laughs> I loved all that stuff. Can somebody take away honestly, your disguise? A flick. How how is it possible that Russell Crowe did such a bad job playing Zeus that he was accidentally racist against Italians? Because that's how I well, see that performance. He, I, he wasn't. He was he was racist against Greeks. Uh, but absolutely, yeah, actually, not. there's no 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 nothing he did had anything to do with Greeks. Yeah, absolutely, he was doing not. a Greek accent. So no, he was not. No, he was not doing a Greek accent. I disagree completely. There's no way you'll convince me that that was a Greek accent. He's right. too good of an actor for that to be his Greek accent. That's the accent he was doing. It's not. He was not doing a Greek accent. <laughs> I was confused nope. by the after credit scenes, too, only because like popped up and it's like Hercules. And I'm like, who the fuck is that actor? I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Well, He's from uh, Ted. How about the fact that like, how about the fact that they killed zeus and then at the end he's just fine again like he's a, the idea he's of introducing god. hercules okay i have no problem with him bringing hercules in but 
they killed Zeus. First of all, the whole thing was pointless. All it was was. Well, you knew he sleep. wasn't dead, though, because he didn't turn into God dust like they do. Yeah. I guess. Come on, Doug. They, Pay the fucking attention. And then all the whole the whole point of that was so they could get that shitty lightning bolt, which is just a piece of plastic that they're going to use as a weapon later. You can probably buy one if you just like go online. Why waste our time with that instead of maybe I don't know, telling a story about the main characters? Maybe give well, Tessa Thompson something to do. She's a hell of a good actress. Yeah, the, maybe give her something to do in the movie. This the storyline I really thought they were going to do, which I don't know why they didn't work it in. Was I thought they were going to do some of the unworthy Thor stuff, where all of a sudden Thor can't pick up the axe or the hammer because well, he's beca- because he's become a dude bro douche. Yeah. So he's not worthy. They've anymore. abandoned the idea that you have to be worthy to pick up the axe, which is. It actually technically dates back to Endgame, and that's a problem I've had, is that you should have to be worthy to pick up the axe. Um, but the hammer thing, too, is... It's so weird. What about well, the fact the axe, that somebody steals... The axe, I didn't think you had to be worthy to pick up. It was never enchanted by Odin. Like the hammer was. Okay. Yeah, I feel like in the traditional lore, you're supposed to have to, but I can't really back that up. And then, clearly, in Endgame... Thanos is able to control it when he cannot control Mjolnir. So for the purposes of the cinematic universe, you don't have to be worthy. But what about when someone steals it and he can just, no matter where it is in the world, he can just hold his hand out and just wait for it to come flying to him. But somebody steals it and then he doesn't just just do that. Yeah. Why doesn't he just do that? Yeah. In the comic books, you have to be worthy. Yeah. Yeah. But they had they haven't done that in the movies, which is okay. They can make up their own lore, but you have to stick to the lore you have, which means nobody can ever technically steal those weapons from Thor because he could just it would just take a second for it to get to him and it could come back, right? I was kind of hoping they would do Thunderstrike because I like his giant mace. He's like the. I was kind of hoping they'd do anything. I just wish they would have made a movie instead of this nonsense. They did. I went and saw it to the theater no. and saw. It. I feel like Martin Scorsese, you know, that was not cinema. That was not a movie. I'm like, sorry, but movies have a storyline. Ew. Don't do that, Doug. Don't be that guy. Just, no, but movies have a storyline. It's not a collection of scenes. There was a storyline. A cartoon character showing up in between each one to tell us what's been going on. Yeah. I mean, really just offensively bad. Iron Man 3, bad. Iron Man 3, bad. Iron Man was 4 out of 5. Wait, did you say Iron Man 3 was 4 out of 5? I don't even know what I gave it. I was obviously at right say, because now you're being fucking unreasonable. I did not hate it nearly as much as you did. Iron Man I just 3 say, was... even if you liked it, it would be a 3 out of 5. Iron Man 3 was 3.5. Yeah. Too much. Nope. Perfect. Just the way it was. <sighs> You're not critical enough of these films. Okay. This was Fast and the Furious level logic going on in this movie. And I don't watch those movies because they're not for me. And that's You're right. It was I, all about family. I I legitimately Ugh. regret seeing this movie. <laughs> the same way I regret the one time I watched the first Fast and the Furious movie. Stop talking. Stop I, talking about Fast and the Furious. You're gonna put me in a bad mood. 
I hate those movies so much. Did <laughs> you watch anything else, Doug? No. I, well, I did watch Miss Marvel, if we're going to talk about that. All right. Um, see, I have to get back to what I watched now. I went away from it so I could check my star rating on Iron Man 3. Um, well, that was that was an important use of your time, so don't, it was. don't belittle that. Uh, let's see. Uh, my friend came over, um, and since the last time we had talked, uh, I had realized that Jack Brooks' Monster Slayer was cheap on uh, on Voodoo, so... They showed yep. him Jack Brooks' Monster Slayer. That's awesome. Uh, it was a good time. He really enjoyed it. For some reason, I do remember it being more Monster Slayer-y, though. But, like, all the, the big well, fight scenes and stuff an or- at the end yeah. are only, like, about 20 minutes. Yeah, it's an origin story. Yeah. But, it like, that movie grabs me from, like, the get-go when he's like, now I gotta go to Walmart and buy a new fucking toaster. At that <laughs> moment, when he yells that line, I'm just like, I'm hooked at that point in that movie. Every time. You're like, maybe I'm a monster slayer. <laughs> like, I, I get angry all the time, too, Jack. Just the like. Mm-hmm. Jack, did you go see a Marvel movie you didn't like? Maybe we'll be monster slayers together. Um, so it was good. You just talked about it a couple of weeks ago. So we probably don't need to go into it. But, yeah. Uh, good times. No, I mean, it's, it's worth mentioning just for the sake that if anyone happens to have not seen it, you should see Jack Brooks monster slayer. It's so funny. Uh, and then after that, I caught up with a movie I hadn't seen yet because I've been kind of putting it off because everything I heard about it was that it was a terrible movie. Um, and that was Kevin Smith's Yoga Hosers. Sorry, what's that? I hadn't seen Yoga Hosers yet. I was waiting. So oh. I was like, I don't know. People keep saying it's terrible, um, but I should have known better. I ended up enjoying it. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's by far, I mean, it's not like his best movie or anything, but like, again, I'm a sucker for <laughs> Kevin Smith being just like, look, I just want to make a weird movie with my kid in it. And I'd be like, okay, good enough. I'll watch it. Well, yeah, sure I, think, enough, I, I like feel it. I've said this about Kevin Smith a bunch of times now. I stand by it where it's just like, yeah, he just makes movies for a very specific audience now. And it's like, I'm in that audience. So I end up liking them all. And I totally understand why somebody would watch Yoga Hosers and be like, no. And I'm like, but I, I get why you wouldn't like it. But also, it, it was never intended to be for a mainstream audience. Nobody thought like casting the kid from Sixth Sense as like a Canadian Nazi was like something that they're like, oh, when people hear about that, that's going to bring in the big bucks, you know? <laughs> it's... Yeah. But when they get so... into the thing where it's like the the kid is trying to do her Batman impression and the other guy's doing his Batman impression, but they, they don't line up because <laughs> they're from different generations. I'm like, yeah. I'm down for that, you know, <laughs> the whole bunch of little Nazi Kevin Smith's getting slap shotted around a convenience store by Harley Quinn with her fucking uh, hockey stick. I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm interested in all that. Oh, God. Yeah, none of that shit makes any sense. But it's like, yeah, it's a good time, though. <laughs> it's, But it happened in that movie. <laughs> yeah, when Ralph Garman just starts doing random voices, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I get what you're doing. Just, just, just let him go. But I'm still down for it because, like, also when that happened, I was listening to that podcast constantly. Right. So I always tell people, like, if you want to know whether you're going to like that movie or not, there's a point where Kevin Smith's daughter is working at a convenience store and yells, "I'm not even supposed to be here today." Into the camera, 
and that's either funny to you or it isn't. And that's how you decide if you're going to like that movie or not. So Doug, you said you've been avoiding trailers, but have you watched the Clark's three trailer yet? It's the one I've watched. Yeah. I couldn't not. How are we feeling about this? I think it looks like exactly what I've, everything I just said. I think Kevin Smith <laughs> is making movies for, as far as I can tell, Kevin Smith is making movies for two people and it, I'm the other one and he's making the, and it's himself. Right. <laughs> and I, yeah, I want to see it. It looks like it's going to be funny. It looks like it's the same guys coming back to do the same things. And it's been long enough since clerks too, that I want to see him do that again. So I'm a little worried. It's a little too on the nose. I mean, sure. That's, I can already tell you that that's going to be a valid complaint about that movie. I can tell you it's not going to bother me because I'm going to be an apologist for it. So sure. I, uh, yeah. it's not like I'm not going to go see it. I already have plans to go for the, uh, fathom events screening of it whenever they yeah. do it across the country. Um, yeah. I'm hoping Kevin will do, uh, some, dates near here and I can actually go to one of the screenings where he's at Yeah, because he, he does that now. He just takes his movies on like a road tour, which is hilarious, but it's not doing any near here for some reason. It seems like he's avoiding the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. He's the middle of the country where I'm at for some reason. Yeah. He hasn't um, announced any like other than Vancouver. He hasn't announced any Canadian dates. So, yeah. so, so talking with someone else about this whole thing and I'm just in this weird spot where I like it when he just does off the wall, weird shit. Like dusk and yoga hosers. And I feel like he gets as much as he says, he doesn't care what other people say anymore. That's complete bullshit. And he does. I feel like he gets scared. He gets scared when people say they don't like stuff. And so then I feel like he runs back to his usual output. Like J and Mm -hmm. Bob movie. And now a clerk's three movie. I just wish you would do more weird That's shit. Fair. I yeah. I I I just wish you would quit everything else and just keep making movies so that he could do both. <laughs> that I mean in in the in the real world that's what I want. It's not obviously up to me, but I I like every time you go like I love Jane Silent Bob reboot. I've watched it like literally 10 times. I think it's great. And I get, again, I get that it's for a very specific audience, but I'm in that audience. So there's a reason why they didn't spend $20 million on it. Like they did in the first chance. Huh? I'll track back, <laughs> you know, um, I just, that's like my dream would be to win like millions of dollars in the lottery and just finance those films so we can keep making them. <laughs> Cause I think they make enough money to make their money back. I don't think anybody's losing money by investing in a Kevin Smith film at this point. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Enjoyed yoga hosers way more than I thought I would. It's it's, it's wacky and insane, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. The whole thing with like like her parents going on vacation to Niagara Falls, so they have to work in the store, and I'm like, it's so weird. It's so fucking weird. Like, why is like Bluster Booth married to the girl from fucking? I, I from American Pie, but I know she's been in a lot of other shit since then. Yeah. And I was trying to or make just, it more. Orange is the new black, which is still outdated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's got her own Netflix show. I think, I think it's already been canceled, yeah. but 
I don't I don't know what it's called. Uh, Russian Doll, second season. Yeah, just premiered this year. I haven't watched it yet. I watched the first season, really enjoyed it. It's okay. a time loop. So if you like time loop stuff, I do generally. Yeah. Um, but now I just have to sit around and wait to see if he ever does Moose Jaws because that's what I've been waiting for. And yeah, I'm never going to do it now. We'll see. I think you will. There's a whole thing with him where he really um, telling everyone every idea he has, and you're just like, all right, well, now I want to see that one. And uh, now we got to wait a while because he's still supposed to be making like some hockey movie. Mallrats 2 is still uh, supposed to be coming at some point. Yeah, he said the hockey movie is, is out of that one. He's out of that one now? But I don't believe him. He'll come back to it. Because he was out of Mallrats 2 at one point as well. Yeah. But then, like, the minute Clerks 3 makes a dollar, then some studio will be like, what about Mallrats 2? So I don't he's know. Already we'll talking, see he's already talking about doing another Mallrats 2. Yeah. He, uh, well, he uh, did... A Q&A with uh, Jason Lee back in November. Okay. And then just, just put it up on Smodcast like a couple months ago to keep content up there because apparently he's not doing really Smodcast stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, and uh, they did a reading from the script of Mallrats 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well... Kind of getting when over him, even I was referencing a, himself, which is weird. Yeah, I uh, I was at the 200th episode of Babylon when they recorded that, and they brought out uh, what's her name from 90210, and had her agree to be in, had her agree to be in Mallrats too. At that point, and that's like I don't know, like six years ago now. <laughs> Yeah, they so, said there was something. There was something with Universal that they didn't decided yeah. not to go through with it or something. But now apparently there's been a regime originally, change think, at Universal. Yeah. Now they're back on. Yeah. Yeah, Look, well, so you know, I think originally Universal wasn't going to do it as a movie. So then they were trying to do it as like a limited run series. Yeah, and then nobody would pick that up. And now Universal's back to saying that they might consider doing it as a movie. Which again, my whole thing is give the guy. If you're if you're a studio, just give Kevin Smith like five or seven million dollars or whatever it costs, and just let him make his movie, and you'll get your money back and some good publicity. What's the problem? I don't I don't get it. I don't understand how that's even a discussion. I would understand if he walked in and asked for fifty million dollars, why it'd be a problem, but that's not what he does. So none of it makes any sense to me. Yeah. Uh, the part of the script they read was the introduction of Brody into the sequel. And it was the exact same introduction as it was in the first movie, yeah. which um, I don't know. I'm getting a little over him sort of referencing himself. Like, remember this? It's exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. It worked for really well for reboot because that was the yeah. point of that. But yeah. I can see your point there. Uh, and the other thing I watched, but I'm not going to get too far into it because I know Doug's at least a season behind because Canada. Um, what we do in the shadows started up again. Oh. So. I'm jealous of that. <laughs> so they did the first two episodes on premiere night and uh, it's always, the world's always a better place when what we do in the shadows is on. So I'm super happy. Yeah. It's it's just still working. Like nothing's changed. <laughs> I take it. Uh, 
storyline wise storylines stuff has changed stuff carry yeah there's something big that carries over from season end of season three but um okay. still 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 quality right. um nandor finds a, a lamp and awakens a genie and wishes to bring back <laughs> his 37 wives all right and hilarity ensues so that's what you get to look forward to in one of the episodes from season four I am already looking forward to that. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, no. Uh, what are we What are we doing next week? Uh, next week we are doing Ghidorah, the three-headed monster for the uh, the big team-up finale. Uh, and then X from Outer Space. Nice. Then is X a giant monster? Yes. Is that what I'm to take from that? Okay. Actually, it's it's. I think take, it's listed as X from Outer Space. I do believe the proper title of the movie is The X from Outer Space, which is weird. Is it weird just a, gi- a giant X that terrorizes the town? Like Sesame Street style? Cause if it be was, I wouldn't tell. I hope so. All right. Should we talk about Ms. Marvel? All we right. I'll take, your, I'll take your silences. Yes. How do you guys, um, how do you guys feel? I enjoyed it. I'm interested in what Doug had to say since Doug's so anti-Marvel nowadays. Um, I enjoyed the ending. I have some issues with sort of the middle of the show. Basically when they went off to Pakistan and started doing like weird wannabe time travel stuff and all that, I just like tapped right out and didn't listen. Oh. And then when they came back to New York, I'm like, oh, okay. I want to be back in New York with the, the friends and stuff. <laughs> I thought yeah. some of the Pakistan stuff was the most interesting stuff. It may very well be. It's just not. The problem I had with the show was like, and it's the same thing I was saying about Stranger Things is like, we have this like group of kids doing their fun thing and they're running around and, and all of a sudden they're like, and then it's part of this bigger giant thing. And I'm like, no, I don't know. I was having fun with the kids running around. Just make them do more of that. Like, have her friend help her train more. That was fun. Like, why did we need all this other stuff? And I just didn't want it. Which is not necessarily to say that it was poorly done. Just, I didn't care. Yeah, I think the unfortunate thing is they're kind of stuck moving it along to get it to the next thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, yeah. I mean, That might be where Marvel's going a little off the rails. Because they're they're so concerned with getting to the next thing that they're not paying attention to the thing they're doing right now. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes, too, is like they're trying to make everything huge. And some of this stuff needs to be just ground level, right? Like we want, if it's a story about this teenager discovering she has powers, maybe we should have used those two episodes where they were off in Pakistan. Maybe we should have been using those to show what's it like to go to high school with powers. Like that would have been, you know, more suiting to this particular story. I, I don't know. But I, I mean, I'm probably saying the wrong thing. I'm sure everybody else wants to see it be bigger and have her be part of a bigger world and all this stuff. But it's just just my take on it. I like when they came I want her running around with Spider-Man. Sure. A good team. Yeah. I, I feel like they're leading towards some sort of Young Avengers-Z thing. Oh, yeah, it's coming. With, with a bunch of these teenage characters, presumably with Spider-Man as like the leader because he's the most experienced and you know damage control trying to stop them from superheroing i kind of liked the use of damage control in this uh season i thought that was fun to Mm. bring them in as sort of these like pseudo villains 
where you're like, you're not quite sure who the good guy is because they're when they say things like, well, we should probably find out which one of these teenagers has the power to destroy people. And you're like, yeah, I can kind of see that. And then you're like, oh, but don't try to capture the good guy, though. She's the good guy. I thought I thought it was weird for for as well written and smooth as as bits of this show are. Uh, did you guys think that the mutant reveal at the end was kind of just like thrown in and kind of dumb? It felt like such Here's, a fucking they did it as just this throwaway thing. And you're like, why did you do that? Why did you waste that moment as a fucking throwaway? Here's what scares me about the whole situation. They drop it like you're not wrong when you say it was a throwaway moment. But then they have her mutter some line to the effect of, oh, it's just another label. And that makes me think, are they going to try to make mutants into no big deal? And I don't want that. I don't I, I want mutants to be a big deal. Right. So. Well, it technically, you know what the funny thing is, is they say she has a a you know they use the word mutation but that doesn't mean they're necessarily yeah. talking about humans because technically the inhuman thing is still just a gene so because she could still technically just be an inhuman if they wanted her to be yeah, yeah but the clue seems to be they played the x-men theme from the cartoon and right that it's just sort of like oh okay but yeah, and again, on the one, as, on the, as, on the one as you guys hand, said, it should be a big deal. The other side of it is that by having damage control chasing her around like that, they are very much setting her up to be. What if Xavier shows up in season two and says, "Hey, you've got a mutation. I've got a mutation. Come with me. We know a place you can hide where damage control won't be chasing you all the time." They are setting up an X-Men storyline very well if they choose to go that way. You know, it'd be funny because because in the past few times they've attempted it, they've fucked Jean Grey up, Jean Grey up so bad. Instead of having the original X-Men be Marvel Girl, they could have it be Miss Marvel, which would be kind of funny. Yeah. What if they do the uh, what if this is all part of their bigger plan to do the Dark Phoenix saga and fuck it up a third time? Or if that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just, just that's one of those things. Face. Just fucking let it die. Yeah. Or at least wait a while. But I if, mean, if it's another 10 years or something and they want to try it again, fine. At least they seem to be setting we'll up their what... cosmic universe so that that can actually be a thing if they do the Phoenix saga rather than just trying to contain it on Earth for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, hopefully, if, if they're going to do it, it's going to be years away still yes and they're gonna introduce all those characters and doesn't doesn't need to be the first x-men story doesn't even need to be the second x-men story no just we can just wait a while there's but it's so it, many there's so many characters i'm waiting for it'd be interesting to see if they can find a way to have miss marvel be part of the young ventures and the x-men because they seem to be setting her up for both did you guys did you guys also yet. feel like maybe that that ending was tacked on after the fact? Yeah. Cuz did you notice the scene before is like the not the the boyfriend but the friend dropping a note in her locker and then it like cuts to weeks later 
and him pulling up in the car and them having that weird conversation. You're like, wait, what was the point of him (laughs) dropping the note in her locker? (laughs) We're just going to gloss over that. Others have speculated the same thing that it was like a reshoot. Like they just shot something to Zach on the end and nobody was paying enough attention to be like, maybe we should edit out him putting the note in her locker. Yeah. It, it felt tacked on, which sometimes the endings do feel tacked on, so I wasn't that worried about it. But I wonder if maybe they got the note from Feige being like, well, make her a mutant, and then we can have her be the kickoff to our X-Men stuff. And they're like, all right. And they just wrote in this little scene. It's interesting. I like I like the idea, too, that you know they can crank her powers up anytime they want because they announced in that one episode that there's supposed to be two of those bangles, yeah. which, which I kind of dig because at any moment they can just go, Oh, we have the bangle. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. So one of the videos I watched speculated that, uh, they're wondering if the possibility is that, uh, actually the 10 rings are the other bangle. Um, if you, oh, okay. Re- Remember the temple they found the bangle in had the 10 rings logos on the floor. And at the end of Shang-Chi, there was, they said it was emitting some sort of like beacon or something and they couldn't figure out why it was doing it. So this would all tie in. Yeah. They're speculating. At least the person I was watching on the video was speculating that there's a possibility the bangle and the rings are connected somehow. And then maybe it'll all get tied up in the Marvels or, uh, something else maybe it'd be a good excuse to get some more wong always need more wong in these movies yeah he wasn't it was weird this. that he wasn't in this it's very strange when he's not yeah. in something <laughs> you're like wait a second where was this little his, scene his twitter was really funny the last year where he kept talking about i don't know if you guys were reading it where he kept talking about the season of wong <laughs> he's like phase four phase wong all wong do, all the I mean, he's not wrong they do try to find weird play, like weird themes for every phase. Like, I think it was phase two. Like, every movie had somebody losing a hand, a la yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Yep. So yeah, phase four, Wong and everything. Although he didn't show up in Thor. Maybe that's why you didn't like it, Doug. No Wong. I mean, he wouldn't have hurt that movie. I, mean, I, I I'm a little dis. I feel like there was no stakes. I, I'll agree with Doug on on uh, some complaints of that movie, but there was no stakes in it. Like Jane Foster dies, but Jane Foster dies in a completely anticlimactic. It's yeah, like no, no one cares. Like if she had well, been and, in the last three movies, you know, maybe maybe we would have cared a little. Here's more. my. The other thing is, it's not just that there was no stakes; it's that there's no stakes, and we're dealing with someone who can kill gods. And we're just like, yeah, but who cares? And then we just give Thor a daughter at the end, which, what the fuck? Like, but they're called like Love and Thunder now. You get yeah. it. You get it because he's because he's a god of lightning and thunder, <laughs> and she's and, yeah. and she's his his love because he found love again by taking care Why of the is child. He, but, you get it. You get it. Yeah, the child that we never get to know during the movie. Yeah, that one. Played by his real daughter, yeah. by the way. That's fine. The 
Is she going to be in the sequel that I don't watch, or do we know yep. that? Four out of five, Doug. Four out of five. Yeah, that that was a little weird. I was like, I don't know what they're going to do with that character now. She's going to be in. Just the, uh, she's going to be in the Young Avengers. She's going to be their Thor. I do not want that. Well, you're going to get it. I, I just. You, you're, you guys are not wrong when you say that I might have to stop watching Marvel movies. And it, as recently as No Way Home, if you'd said that to me, I would have called you insane. But after this, after this one, I'm just like, maybe after it's not for me movie, anymore. After one movie, you've decided you're done? After maybe the worst movie out of 30. <laughs> That's I, subjective, and I think you're wrong, but sure. It's If this is what they're doing, then I don't want to be a part of it. What says what? What makes you think this is what they're doing? Like this was one movie. Yeah, but it's and the most the, recent one. I mean, did they did sure. they say her name? She's not supposed to be Tareen, is she? No, but they have. I've seen videos where they did talk about Tareen and compared that she's sort of the stand-in for her in this movie. Just for the record, the movie's called Love and Thunder, and the character that represents love. Noah just said, "Did they say her name?" <laughs> Fuck. All right. I just right. wanted to bring in because because they've got a thousand Thor weapons and I just want all the Thor weapons. I need the Thunderstrike mace and uh, I can't I, I can't remember if Tareen's hammer has a name. It's basically just <laughs> Molnir light. Yeah. If you want one, you can probably go to Toys R Us and get one. I think that's where they got most of the props for this film. So. <laughs> Maybe. that's not true i shouldn't honestly i shouldn't say that that is not fair toys r us has very good quality products uh you're a monster because toys r us doesn't exist anymore you son of a bitch yeah oh sorry no i'm no now is, here's where i become the monster where i point out that there's absolutely toys r us you just have to come to canada we're in a good country we still have toys r us's this episode is over please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater Now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.